want the world. Yeah, I want the world. Yeah, I want it all. Said I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. I'm coming to get it. Don't care what you heard. Don't care what you heard. I'm taking it all. Cause I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. Yeah, I want the world. It's the best in the game. Best in the biz. About that time. And you know what it is. Coming from Brooklyn. Bringing that truth. Never gonna lie. Never gonna lose. Always on top. Keeping it steady. He'll make you tap out and you won't be ready. He got the suplex breaking your back. Now everyone in the world gonna listen to Taz. It's not fun. Not fun. When you're not able to get the proper rest, when the sun goes down, and see, that's what I've been dealing with. It's driving me crazy. Absolutely bonkers. And it's a riff in my brain that's off of a a very old book. We all read it when we were kids, I think, in school. Most of us did. I think some of the kids today are still reading it. What am I talking about? I'll tell you in a second. Welcome to the Taz Show. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, yes, thank you for downloading this episode. Much appreciated. And thank you for subscribing to the show. So if, you, um, if you're if you not a subscriber, you know, it's very simple. Just click that little subscribe button and uh, and I'll give you uh, three podcasts a week. Sometimes more. Once in a blue moon, two. Most of the times, three. Fresh content, real content, real chatter, real whatever. What am I talking about? Uh, Remember the book, To Kill a Mockingbird? Remember that? Yeah. Yo, I'm telling you right now, and I'll get into uh, talking about what's going to happen in this episode, by the way. This will be a G1 special, the NJPW uh, G1 special 2018 kind of chatter talk uh, reaction quasi type gimmick from uh, from this past weekend. What am I talking about to kill a mockingbird? You're like, what are you talking about, dude? What are you crazy? What's going on with you? Are you nuts? I have to get this out of the way. I have to vent and I have to tell you people this has nothing to do with wrestling or wrestling or sports entertainment. <sighs> have any of you ever had a freaking mockingbird near your home, apartment, or maybe you're staying, you were staying at a hotel and it was a mockingbird uh, near the window of your room and your hotel or your apartment or whatever? Because let me tell you something, it is the worst. Maybe that's an exaggeration. Maybe not the worst, but it sucks. How about that? So at my house, we got a uh, we got a mockingbird right next to a tall tree right near our home. Very close, maybe 10 feet from our home. Side of the house, Jones, and uh, the friggin' bird won't stop. It don't matter. It, dude, once it's like, I would say it starts going around 10 p.m. and goes all night long. Chirp, singing, whistling, <laughs> crazy stuff like that. Like very obnoxious, annoying. I, I have to, I just want to get this off my body, out of my mouth. I had to tell you. And I did a little research and a little knowledge on how to get rid of Mockingbird. And it's not that easy. Um, So if any of you have any remedies, uh, I'm not looking to kill the bird, like the book title. I'm not looking to murder the bird. I'm not going to do anything like that. I'm not even looking to physically harm the bird. I want the bird to get the hell off my frigging property. It is the biggest pain in the ass ever. I am sick of hearing this frigging bird chirp. See, they chirp, and they make all these crazy noises. It'll sound like it's it's 10 or 12 birds in a tree. 
It's actually one bird, one gray and black white feathers mockingbird. They collect throughout the day while the sun is up. They sit around a tree, the highest point, and they pull in all the sounds of the other birds they hear and sounds that they hear. It's usually birds. And at night, they go off. One bird sounds like 10 birds. It's the one friggin' mockingbird. And that's why they call mockingbirds. They hear what they hear, and then they just mock it and, and repeat it. Almost like a parrot, but different. Biggest pain in the ass ever. Ever. Real quick before I move on, it's, again, how to get it out of me. People are saying, well, what you do, you got to get some water, high-pressured water. And you shoot the water towards them so it doesn't harm them. It startles them, scares the piss out of them when they fly away. Well, I'm, you know, I need like a, a, a freaking you know fire department hose to reach the, the, the height of this tree. It's like I don't have that kind of water pressure. Sure, I have I have multi multi powered garden hoses with all sorts of different levels of gallons of water per centimeter that goes through my hose. The, the hose is gigantic. We know that we have tons of hoses here. The thing is, the pressure needs to be powerful for this height. I had a guy tell me, "Gotta get a super soaker." Go on your roof with a freaking super soaker Pump it up Shoot the bird with the super soaker with the water And it'll fly away uh, This is not going to work So anybody who has any remedies Any of you people that listen to my content That are fans of mine That support what I do I love you and I thank you Some of you folks maybe live on acreage of farms In the Idaho region Maybe in the California rainlands Or in Texas or maybe down in Georgia or South Kakalaki, and you got a lot of birds. If you know anything, tweet me. And I hate to use the word tweet because that's a bird. Tweet. Tweet me at official Taz. Okay. <sighs> I feel better. All right, so this episode, I'm going to give you a little uh, chatter about um, about NJPW. I got a chance to watch the special, the G1 special. I didn't think I was going to be at the Casa. To watch it, but I was um, So I did not tell you guys That I was going to end up doing a uh, Chatter Review Jones on it, but I will do that In this episode uh, Also, I want to thank everybody who downloaded the episode Where Chavo Guerrero Jr. was the guest From this past uh, Probably dropped this past Monday We're in early July 2018 If you listen to this later on So thank you for all those downloads on that And Chavo was a great guest And I really appreciate and have him come on And have him talk all about Lucha Underground And the work he's doing behind the scenes there And all the the stuff he's doing with Glow With Netflix, the Glow special uh, The Glow special on Netflix That's the way I would say that, right? So, which is uh, doing great success So, um, had some people tweeting me And talking about Saying, oh, what the heck Uh, Another podcast Without naming names um, had him on as a guest And another podcast uh, last month Had him on as a guest, meaning Chavo Guys, I can assure you That other podcast That dropped the interview With Chavo Basically dropped it About, I don't know A half hour, one hour 15 minutes, whatever it was uh, Dropped the news That it was out an hour, half hour, whatever the hell it is Before I made the announcement on Twitter That he was going to be on this Monday This past Monday Point is, that was we recorded that Chavo and I last week I had no idea That other podcast um, was, Had interviewed Chavo And that other podcast had no idea that Chavo uh, Came on my show So these things happen, it's no one's fault It's just, it's just like I, I treated as somebody Well, 
this would never happen in late night TV, right? Late night talk shows on TV. It happens you know, all the time. You know, when, when someone's on a, for lack of better terms, a promotional tour, they go on different shows. I mean, so, but I've been wanting to have Chavo on for a long time. I go way back with Chavo. And uh, I don't, and I've said this, anybody who's a longtime listener of the Taz Show content, where we're on the cusp of 600 shows right now, and I thank you for all of that <clears throat> support. Anybody who knows me and knows what I do and, and listens to me closely know that what I always say, and it's the gospel truth, I don't listen to what other people do. I don't listen to other podcasts, especially wrestling related. Never, ever, don't do it. I don't. I don't pay attention to their Twitter accounts. If I might follow them, I don't. I'm being honest because I don't want to be swayed, weighed, or geared in any way, shape, or form. I've pride myself on my creativity, on on my originality, and if somehow I'm doing something that someone else did, that there is such thing as a coincidence. That does happen. There are there are a plethora, as you guys know, of people from the wrestling industry that do podcasting, and it's been going on for a long time, and it's only getting bigger and bigger. There's more and more podcasting. When it's getting to the point where it's like uh, we might be at that point where it's oversaturated, to be frank. So that's where you guys, as an audience, and you guys as a, as wrestling fans or people who want to hear wrestling content, you got to pick and choose what you want because you just don't have the time to listen to that many friggin' podcasts that that are clogging up your your podcast app on your iPhone, or whatever kind of phone you have, Android Jones, whatever it is, <laughs> your, your G Store, Gmail, G G uh, G Crotch, whatever that's called with with the Android. Whatever it is, you, you got to make a choice. It gets to the point where, okay, I'm listening to five or six shows already. How many more am I going to listen to? I get it. It's too much. I hope that I don't make, I don't, I don't get cut and cut out and put on the floor, on the producing floor of your podcast apps. I hope that Taz isn't cut. I'm sick of him. He's done. See you, buddy. No, don't do that to me. I'm not even suggesting doing to others. Just don't cut me. Stay with me, and I'll stay with you. Anyway, so uh, yeah, so that 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 all, like I said, was a mere coincidence, which I found funny. And uh, and Chavo is promoting a lot of different stuff right now, meaning Glow, and he's promoting stuff with Lucha. So, um, and a lot of folks get that. So uh, I, I, and the funny thing is for me, before I move on about this topic, the funny thing for me is that, as you guys know, I don't have a lot of guests on my my content here. I, I really don't. Jeez, ah, probably 96% of the time It's just me, Solo City You know, I just, I go alone um, You know, it's different than the way the Taz show was When it was live, live every day I had a plethora of people around me at all times Different now, I have that with Taz and the Moose On CBS Sports Radio, Daily Sports Talk Jones I do that every morning on national radio So, you know, this is different This is a podcast, usually just me I don't normally have guests But who would have thunk it? When I have a guest, uh, about, you know, a day before, uh, this other show ends up having the same guest. So that's the way it goes. That's my luck. So anyway, well, it's all good. I'm not knocking anyone. I have no ill will towards anyone. Uh, and the other show that I was talking about was Edge and Christian. So they, you know, they do a good podcast from what I understand. I've never listened to it, but from what I understand, they do. So, uh, and let's be honest, uh, there, were, uh, there was a creative, <laughs> a creative idea that I was doing for a long time. Uh, before anybody was doing stuff like this Called In the Indies In the Indies uh, Which you guys can do your research on it And see uh, Whatever I, I don't want to get into that So I don't want to I'm trying to be more positive More zen That's my style And I eat peaches And I sit in my backyard And I listen to music That sounds like this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
something like that. You get it. So anyway, um, <laughs> but you know, again, in closing, it was great to have Chavo on, and I appreciate um, all the downloads for that. Uh, on on a serious note, guys, uh, I, I just want I want to you know, let you guys notice if if you or someone you know is concerned about a veteran, please call the Veterans Crisis Line. Confidential support is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year for veterans and their families, okay? So uh, family members, I should say. The Veterans Crisis Line is available to all veterans, even those not enrolled in VA healthcare. Okay, that's important, you guys. I want to repeat that sentence. The Veterans Crisis Line is available to all veterans, even those not enrolled in the VA healthcare. So um, that's important. So, guys, uh, before I give you the phone number, I'll let you know. Please go visit veteranscrisisline.net to learn more about recognizing signs of crisis, warning signs of suicide, and how to respond to a veteran loved one in crisis. Okay. Uh, the phone number you the, the 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 phone number is I should say one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five and pressing one. Or using the online chat function on veteranscrisisline.net. Or, guys, you could also text 838 255. Again, I will give the phone number. It is 800 273 8255 and pressing one or using the online chat function on veteranscrisisline.net or texting 838 255. So, um, so that's the situation there. So, uh, like I said, I'm going to get into talking a little bit here um, about uh, you know a, a show that I felt was awesome. Um, it was long, but it was awesome, and that's the NJPW uh, G1 special. Uh, it was a blast. Um, I hadn't really you know paid attention too much. Eh, that's the wrong way to word it. Watched too much of New Japan as of late. And every time I do watch it, it's kind of like for me, like Lucha Underground. Uh, I love Lucha Underground, and uh, when I do get a chance to check it out, I love it. <laughs> you know, so I don't watch it religiously. Same thing with the New Japan stuff that's on Access TV. So I got a chance to see this special. It was on Saturday night, and I was I was hanging around the casa, and I got a chance to check it out. Uh, to check it out, I should say, and it was uh, it was epic, man. Uh, it was a very very long show. So some folks. Had some complaints that it was too long You know what, I don't I don't mind it too long If it doesn't feel like it's long That means it's really good And this show didn't feel ultra long It it was long, but it didn't bother me I, I enjoyed it, I could have kept watching But you know I've um I've seen other long shows, you know, maybe one or two WrestleManias that felt too long, or some other big WWE pay per views that spoke too long that felt long. This did not feel long, and this was in a legendary uh, venue uh, called the Cow Palace in San Francisco. I've had the opportunity to to work there as a commentator, I believe, for WWE years ago, um, and it definitely has a real old feel when you're there, like kind of that historic feel. In Northern California in a beautiful city and area of San Francisco, which is just phenomenal If you've never been there, I've been to San Fran many times I've been fortunate enough to do that and I love it I love California, but I really love Northern California a lot um, And uh, this building is just historic for sure um, You know, and it's um, it, it, I don't know how to explain this because I'm an East Coast guy You know, I've, I've been fortunate to be all over the place in, in the industry, you know, traveled but, you know, New Japan and, and Japanese professional wrestling, when it's in the United States, I feel like when it's on the West Coast, especially California, it's kind of a better fit. 
It's just something about it. And that's not me, you know, knocking where I'm from on the East Coast, <clears throat> but it just feels different. Um, you know, it just feels right. It just feels like a kind of a cool uh, connection with uh, uh, American wrestling fans, meaning West Coast, California fans, and, and, and New Japan's wrestling product, all the wrestling promotions from Japan. Um, I don't know. And again, that's not me knocking anyone from the East Coast or or, or or the middle of the United States or nothing like that, or, or our folks in Canada, or fans in Canada that are wrestling fans and all that stuff, or fans down in Mexico. It just, to me, it's just something about this. So I, this felt right. This felt good to me. And I know uh, New Japan, they're doing another special, not special, I don't know what they're doing. I know they're doing another big show in Long Beach, California, that is, not, not, uh, not New York. For those that don't know, there is a Long Beach, Long Island. I think there's a Long Beach, New Jersey, if I remember correctly, but there's definitely one on Long Island in Nassau County. But they're doing one on in California, Long Beach. So, um, but this this deal here, uh, this uh, NJPW the G1 special was in San Francisco, Cal Palace, and on top in the main event you had Kenny Omega uh, defending his title against Cody. You know that's Cody Rhodes. So. Um, I'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, the announcers um, was the legendary WWE Hall of Famer, my friend Jim Ross, good old JR, and Josh Barnett, and they they, they work well together. Um, they did. I, I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, you know, I, but I have to say the overview for me, who ended up stealing the night for the most part for me. I'm not saying this is the way it was, but the feel I had, if you watch it. Was the Tonga Boys and and their dad Haku? That's right, King Haku. Uh, so uh, yeah, and his sons. Um, uh, you know they they are special, um, and they've been doing great work in New Japan. Um, uh, these two young men, and they are just a real dealio. Um, you know WWE had their hands on them a while back, and they 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 screwed it up in my opinion. Um, it just didn't. It they they are, they're gone. They didn't work. I don't know how because these two guys are excellent. They look excellent. They sound excellent. They feel, they feel so real, man. The stuff they do just feels real, you know. And I'm just a fan. I mean, I I I really am. I, I love what they do, and I I, I love their dad. Who who didn't love uh, Haku? Now I'm talking about personally. I, I had a chance to meet Haku a couple times in my career. One of the nicest guys in the world. I understand his reputation of being one of the most tough guys ever in the, in the history of pro wrestling, and from what I understand, he is, and, and I don't I don't doubt that. But I, I in my uh, crossing paths with Haku, it was always just conversation in the locker room, and he is a gentleman. I mean, a total gentleman. I mean, you look at him, you see he's a he was you know he's a big nasty looking you know uh, a Tonga a man from Tonga who just looks like he could tear your head off absolutely. But he does not come off that way. He's a he's a like a, a gentle gentleman, uh, a professional. And, and my uh, interactions with him over the years I have not talked to Haku in a long time. But you know, I really I wanted to spend more time with him. Like I was, you know, this was in a um, we were where did, where was the last time I saw him it was probably uh, in Tampa, Florida, um, fairgrounds, wherever the heck it was. We were doing a show, ECW. Original ECW, The Real Dealio, and uh, was it Tampa or was it outside Orlando? Man, I can't remember now. I know it was definitely in Florida. Uh, Man, I'm trying to remember this whole thing. I feel like uh, it was Tampa, whatever. I'm sorry. I just forgot I'm actually recording a podcast. I'm over here like pondering and remembering. 
it was in Florida. I, I think it was Tampa, but it might have been Orlando. So I apologize. But <laughs> and uh, and he was backstage. I don't remember if he was doing something. I can't recall because I was wrestling somebody. I don't remember who. And I know every once in a while, certain parts of the country we'd go, there'd be different wrestlers there that were maybe booked for the night or booked for a couple of shots that Heyman would book them. So. You know, Haku was there. So just a total, total gentleman and professional and good dude. So uh, I don't recall if I've met his sons. If I have, maybe they were younger in WWE. And it's just, you know, and that's not me being rude. I respect them. Um, but the thing is, and I think they were trained by the Dudley boys from what I understand. The thing is, like, uh, you know, when you, like, work for a long time in a business as a wrestler and then into an announcing career and you're traveling so much, Sometimes you just, you know, you meet so many younger guys and girls from the business and you're you're cordial to them, you're professional to them, but it's tough to remember. For me, anyway, I, some guys have like this great memory and it's not because someone's rude. Sometimes you just don't remember and you, just, you meet a lot of people. And so I, I feel bad if I say I haven't met maybe one or two, three, four or five of these younger current stars today in wrestling and maybe I have met them. So I, I don't mean to come off rude. So just pardon my lack of remembering or too many chair shots to my cranium. That could be part of the issue too. So, <laughs> but um, the the thing is, the bottom line is this show was excellent. And I'll get into some nuts and bolts of the show, like some stuff, some of the matches that jumped out to me. Some of the things that happened in the matches And especially with the announcing and stuff with JR Because JR um, The way it sounds he might have broken a rib <laughs> And sustained an accidental Injury uh, ringside uh, By a couple of boys doing a high spot Outside the ring And I will uh, I'll get into that too In this in this episode So I uh, just want to lay that out for you And then uh, and we'll talk about this uh, On the other side of break when we come back, so Taz show, uh, I want everybody to sit tight because, see, sometimes you got to take a break. This is what happens. This is called uh, a contractual break. So that's how <laughs> it's not really, you know, I don't have much of a choice or an option. It's kind of the way it goes. You know, it's just uh, if I had it my way, there'd never be a break. I would just keep talking and talking and talking. And talking. All right, we're going to get into the meat of uh, the NJPW uh, G1 special from 2018 on the other side of the break. Sit tight. Be right back. Tasho. Guys, we're back here on the Taz Show. We're going to get into talking about this G1 special in a second. First, I'll let you know the support for the Taz Show comes directly from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. See, they understand that the home plays a, a very big role in your life and your family. That's why they created Rocket Mortgage. And, uh, and Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. And it's simple, guys. Allowing you to fully understand all the details to be confident when you're getting the right mortgage for you. So, uh, very simple deal here. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply. Take three. Apply simply. Understand fully. And mortgage confidently. To get started, please go to rocketmortgage.com slash Taz. That's rocketmortgage.com slash T-A-Z. Equal housing lender. Licensed at all 50 states. MLSconsumerassets.org. Number 3030. There you have it. That's a little Rocket Mortgage action for sure. So, uh, someone's on a weird loop. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, so. We're talking about a G1 special. 
Uh, so I'm going to get into this thing a little bit here. So, uh, you know, a lot of the biggest stars were on this deal. I, I'm, I'm not going to go into every single match. I mean, uh, obviously, I'm going to talk about the Young Bucks in a second, talk about Cody, talk about Kenny Omega, talk about Suzuki, Jack Sabre Jr. We'll get into all that. Ishii, get into that. The Tonga Boys with Haku. And, and, and uh, you know, some of the stuff, like I said, that jumped out to me. So, um, it's uh, if you um, if you watch WWE all the time, and then you watch New Japan's New Japan's product, okay, you're obviously going to get something that just feels different. It's just the way the ring looks, the way the announcing's done, um, the way the talent works, the way the audience reacts. And even though they're in the United States or in San Francisco, the audience kind of reacted like similar to a Japanese audience, which I thought I thought was pretty interesting. It's pretty cool. So. You get that feel right away. You know right away you're not watching Ring of Honor. You know you're not watching uh, WWE for sure or, or, or TNA. You know you're not. You know, And it felt and feels like the way it's lit, the way uh, just the, the, the way the bell sounds, all this kind of stuff. It just there's something about it. And, and that, that I have to say, like, um, because I want to, it's going to sound weird. I want to, before I talk about the match, I want to talk about the bell. Like, so the bell always sounds a certain way, and they ring the bell the whole time. A lot of time when there's chaos and all this jazz. The timekeeper, several times during the show, you could see him. He's also the ring announcer. So you could see him sitting in the front row where they blocked off some seats, and he had the, the bell on a seat next to him. I was shocked. I got to tell you, I was very surprised, and it felt, I'm just being blunt, it felt very amateur. It felt very Bush League. And then I'm like, what is going on? This is just, this kind of feels like, uh, uh, when, I, when I see that, like a house show where they basically just, you know, basically just put in, uh, put, 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 uh, doing uh, a, a TV where they have cameras and lights. And and if they're, if they're not bringing a full crew in from Japan, which I'm sure it's a lot of money, or you have, or you could put the announcer, I'm sorry, put the ring announcer at a table. And I have no problem with the ring announcer doing the bell. I don't like that he's sitting in the front row, not on or not on the hard camera, but you could see him there. And I don't, I just don't like that. I don't think that's cool. I, I think that it's, um, I think it looks a little, uh, it looks a little Bush League. I think if you put him at a nice table, a nice black top over the table or something with the New Japan logo or something like that, I think it's totally a different feel. I mean, I, I think that's what they should have done here, and they, they didn't do it. And it, and I don't know if a lot of you saw that, but, you know, some people might think that, hey, you know what, this is cool. This is what New Japan does. This is this is kind of – it gives you that feel where they're pulling back the curtain or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I, I get that. I mean, I worked for years in, in ECW, and we kind of had that because we couldn't afford, like, certain things. So it's like that's why a lot of that happened for us. We couldn't afford. Um, so we kind of wore that no-frills thing and gave that no-frills thing. This is New Japan, guys. They Trust me, they can afford it. I don't care if they're doing a show in Japan, in America, in in, in, in Guam, in Australia, wherever. They, they got the money to, to, to bring the right amount of people in, the, the staff, to staff it right and have the right kind of table. I was a little surprised at that, I have to tell you. And and at one point later in the show, I can't recall the match, a ring announcer, he got bumped or the table, uh, uh, the guardrail got hit and he got hit in the knee and the announcers were talking about how, oh, man, that guy got hurt in the front row. And, and, and like, Barnett, I don't know if it was J.R. Barnett, but they, I don't think they realized that it was the announcer or they wanted to admit that it was the announcer. It was strange. Uh, I don't know. It just—I was just surprised at that part. I really was. Um, again, sometimes I get hung up in the nitpicking of stuff that happens. 
Uh, you guys know me by now. Sometimes I do do that. So, uh, you know, I apologize for that, but that's just the way I go. So, uh, uh, but anyway, in the, 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 uh, one of the matches that jumped out was with the match to me with the Bullet Club with, uh, with basically the one that's with the Tonga Boys and Haku. Uh, and how uh, basically uh, it was chaos in a bullet club uh, uh, opening match, basically uh, uh, from the event, and 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 you had a, a lot of different stars uh, in this thing: Rocky Romero, Chase. Oh, it was uh, it was it was t- uh, um, the it was basically a massive uh, giant uh, tag deal. It was cool. It was a, it was a lot of moving parts, a lot of physicality. Bullet club defeats chaos. That's the end of the day. That's what happened. I thought it was really good though. I liked it, but I'm gonna save more of the Tonga boys and and the Haku for later because they that's this this is not what stole the night for them for me. It's it's stuff that happened later on. Um, that that's what I was talking about. Uh, then um, um, the the other uh, one of the other that was a tag match I should say it was uh, Suzuki Legendary Suzuki and Jack Saber Jr. Uh, they defeated Yano and Ishii. Now, so Suzuki, a lot of you guys in the past maybe heard me talk about him, legendary competitor from Japan. Uh, all success. Now you guys remember me during my days wrestling. I had the black towel over my head. Well, Suzuki. Where's the black towel over his head? Now, who did it first? Who copied who? I, I got to tell you, I was talking to some friends of mine um, uh, offline from the business, trying to figure this out because I did not recall back then. I knew who Suzuki was. I knew his name. I, I was so in the realm of my own career that I wasn't paying attention to anybody else, what they were doing. I knew me and what I had to do. I, I had guys on the card with me in ECW. I didn't even know they were wrestling sometimes. So I was so focused on my stuff. But I got to tell you, I know I didn't copy Suzuki. I didn't wear a black towel because he was. Uh, he might have done it before me. I might have done it before him. I'm not saying he copied me either. He probably didn't. I just think it's it was kind of a coincidence. But he's he's still going. He's still in the ring working. God bless him. And uh, and and uh, you know it was cool. It was cool to see him walk out with that black towel. I know that's been his his gimmick for a long time, and and he's respected and and he's earned that respect. And uh, Zack Saber Jr., as you guys know, is a great competitor, great uh, you know Mac Mac ground, grounded wrestler who's just a catch as catch can a shoot style guy, and it does loaded with submissions. Great team here. And they were victorious over Yano and Ishii, who, now Yano, a character and a half. He's a funny kind of antics, a lot of antics, very, you know, uh, wacky uh, style Japanese professional wrestler. And it does some crazy stuff, and but yet very credible. And he announce, announces did a good job explaining his credibility as, a, as a, 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 an athlete in school, a wrestler in school, and stuff like that. But Ishii, the other veteran. Ishii and Suzuki were just, it was great. I mean, this, they stole the show in this match. The, them just, just beating the piss out of each other and constantly wanting to beat each other up, even though it was a tag match. It felt like at time Saber and, and Yano were in this match and they shouldn't have been. Like, you know, <laughs> and I'm kind of joking, but I'm not. It, it's, that's kind of how it felt. It was just, it was, it was wacky. It was, uh, it was very cool to see uh, the physicality and them just just standing in the middle of the ring, Ishii and Suzuki, and just exchanging forearm shivers, full throttle, beating the living shit out of each other. I thought it was awesome. I really did. And and it was true New Japan style physicality, uh, and and it was great. I I enjoyed it uh, that part. I mean. Eh. You know, like I said, Suzuki and Saber won the match, uh, but it almost didn't matter. Like I said, these the <laughs> the two veterans stole the show, and it was cool. It was it was definitely cool to see. Um, uh, 
Another match that was cool to see, and I wanted to talk a little bit about what happened during the match. This is the match where, where Jim Ross ended up getting injured while he was ringside. Uh, it was the IWGP US title match, and it was uh, Juice Robinson. Uh, he's he was the victor and grabbed the title over Jay White. A couple of things now. Okay, both these guys, these young guys, are awesome in the ring. Okay, White and Robinson, awesome. The video packaging for this, leading up to it, during the actual G1 special, was excellent. Production wise, they did a good job. I, they caught me up on the story. I wasn't too familiar with the story, and they caught me up. So. I enjoyed it, um, and then into the match. I love the match. I love where both these guys work. Um, I, I, they felt they feel like young, talented athletes. Um, the thread through it was that Juice Robinson, Juice has a broken hand, and his hand was like wrapped up. And I got to tell you, I was a little disappointed in this. I, I don't think you got to just have. It looked like they just had like a gauze pad, like gauze wrap with some tape over his hand. It wasn't even like. Like, give me a Bob Orton Sr. rap. Give me, like, a cast. Give me something on there. Give me something like Iron Mike Sharp-esque. You know, give me some kind of a cast or something. <laughs> if we're going to sell the fact that Homeboy's got a broken hand, show me it's a friggin' broken hand. Not just some ace bandage with some, you know, friggin' tape. You know, it just it, it, it doesn't, you know, JR and Barnett, they're, 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 uh, they're selling the damn thing uh, hard. They're selling it right. They're doing the right job as announcers. Uh, Jay White getting heat on it on the hand and all that stuff on Juice's hand and all that jazz, but you know I I just didn't feel like it was enough to sell me that and that's guys listen that is such an easy thing to do from a wrestling uh, production agent perspective you basically just got to make sure. Uh, that you wrap the guy's hand the right way with extra tape, do it up the right way. Your announcers are selling it. Like I said, Jim Ross and Josh Barnett, they're selling it. I mean, they were selling it hard. Uh, but, but it, you know, it, I, 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 I can't, I wasn't like, you know, I, I couldn't buy it because there's, it's not, you know, it's not, it, you need to have some sort of a cast or something on there. It's got it's got to be done better than that. So I was I was, I was very shocked in that. I, I really was. I was very shocked in that. Um, but the match itself was really good. And uh, at some point in the match, I, I can't remember exactly when, but basically what happened was uh, um, Jay White he does like a really quick snap vertical suplex outside the ring. They were outside the ring, both of the wrestlers into the guardrail, and right behind this guardrail. Were the announcers, you know, Jim Ross and Josh Barnett And the guardrail hit the table, it seemed And JR ended up falling, took a bump, fell down in the chair And, you know, you could see it was not supposed to be this way This was a shoot <laughs> You could tell right away And and and, and JR's a tough son of a bitch So, you know, he's going to be okay He's fine, I promise you that I, I, You know, he's tough Um Josh Barnett got really pissed off, got it from the announce desk, and went after Jay White. Like he, you know, he yeah, he wanted to whoop his ass. Uh, and basically, you know, just cussing and 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 you know uh, he wanted to kick the shit out of him out, out of Jay White. And Jay White is 
running like in in heel form and he did it the right way that almost looked like a work but i don't think this was so if they were working and this was a work and made no sense if it was a work because you know josh barnett is not going to be in a match with 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 you know jay white um why you know i i don't know why we you would have the color commentator run off the heel where you take all the heat off the heel uh quite frankly if i could just be blunt I understand that Josh got pissed and felt for himself and for Jim Ross, so he went after um, Jay White, you know, and I respect that. I've been in this role as a color commentator a little bit, but didn't get up and do what Josh did because you, you know, when you feel bad for the guy who never wrestled in your your play-by-play guy and and JR's not a young kid and he's a Hall of Famer who's over the years had a couple of health scares and issues, uh, but thank God he's still battling strong and so I could see why Josh Barnett got pissed off, and I respect Josh for that. I do. But honestly, if that would have happened in WWE, you're done. Like, as a commentator, like you are, you go after the talent like that. If this is a shoot, now, I don't want to be a mock and get hooked here. If this was a shoot and what Josh did was a shoot, you're in WWE. Now, they're not in WWE, so Josh probably don't give a shit. But if it was done WWE, you're Gonski. I'm just telling you guys as an audience so you guys understand the way things go. Um, like, you can't do that. So uh, they, no matter how mad you get, unless you are basically physically assaulted by another wrestler and you're defending yourself, then all bets are off. Who cares, right? But, um, yeah, this thing got hairy. And and then Josh calmed down and got back in the chair and, and, and was doing his job and did a good job. Um, but, you know, I, I understand why you got mad uh i have to say uh again this looked like a shoot to me which if it wasn't again i tip my captain because it really looks shooty so i believe it was shoot uh, josh <laughs> i'm sorry not josh uh, jay white did a great job when he saw that josh barnett was coming after him he's probably shit scared on a shoot so that's why he was running away but he did the right thing um the guardrails guys, when uh, whoever did the setup on the ring did a really crappy job. And JR, I think, pointed that out during the show that these guardrails were not interlocked, lo- locked together. I- I've worked a ton of cards shows in my day, and most of them have the guardrails like this. Now, where WWE has more like an interlocking wall, it's a custom thing, it's better than the guardrails. They didn't want it, Vince didn't want just like some shitty looking guardrails. These are the basic guardrails. They're heavy. They're metal. You guys know what they are. They're not just for wrestling. They're for concerts. They're for police control. They're for a bunch of stuff. There are these metal hooks that hook in, like a male end and a female end, that hook into each other, uh, like a like a like a, an eye hook type thing, a, a you know thick eye hook type thing into a, into a slot. Why they were not hooked together throughout the ringside area is beyond me. Um, I don't know why. And, and and Jr. even pointed it out. And and honestly. The announcers were, if you want to hear refreshing, blunt announcing during a show, then you go watch this, this G1 special, this NJPW G1 special, because Josh and Jim, uh, they, they were blunt, cursing at times, which I thought was entertaining and funny and apropos, and it wasn't overdone. It was real. It felt refreshing and felt really cool. It's definitely adult-style pro wrestling. You don't want little kids listening. Um, while the announcers maybe are cursing here and that, but it was cool to hear. Um, there were several times that Jr. was basically, you know, it was interesting to hear him say like he was he was calling out the promotion on certain things, but not in a negative way. Like it was interesting to hear him say it. I, I, I you know, I, I, 
I respect his candor and his bluntness. I mean, because a lot of times as an announcer, as an announcer, you don't get a chance to do that. But he's obviously has he's allowed to, and he's they're cool with that. I mean, he's a legend. I mean, he makes their the American broadcasting and the American uh, commentary, I should say, of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You know, uh, a show like this, and Kevin Kelly does it on the other shows, obviously the, the big shows, but. Uh, uh, not that this was a big show, but you know they—they, they, I don't know the relationship how why Kevin Kelly does some and and Jr. does other, but I, I know both those guys are both pros. But Jr. You know he, he just like Kevin Kelly, you know they're gonna make the show sound better. They're pros, and and Jr. is a Hall of Famer. I mean, and he's uh, the best of the best of the best, best, best. So you know I'm sure he's got carte blanche to just have some freedom, and and you heard that you heard that in his commentary, you know, uh, more than once. But <clears throat> um. But I did enjoy the match with Robinson and Jay White. It's just that stuff on the outside was interesting, um, you know, and it got a lot of attention to uh, to see Josh Bonnet go after Jay White was funny. <laughs> he was pissed, and the plays popped. It was pretty entertaining. So, uh, by the way, the audience was great during the show. The audience in San Francisco, if any of you guys listen to this and you were there, you guys kicked ass. It was, it was You guys were great. It was fun. As a viewer at home in New York watching, I was like, wow, this is fucking cool, man. Uh, it was cool. So, um, Young Bucks. Uh, they, uh, as usual, just kicked ass. Uh, they beat Evil and Sonata, and what a match. I mean, what the spots, the stuff they do, Young Bucks just, they just keep on, they just keep on keeping on, man. They, they just they just really are something. Uh, it's just so so much fun to watch them, the stuff they do, and they keep reinventing themselves. Um, it's, geez, it's tough to just go into detail about, like, I sit here and go over the spots that they do or done is... <laughs> it's a little crazy. Uh they they uh uh it, it was it, it was something else. It was IWGP uh, heavyweight tag team championship matchup and uh and they defended against Evil and Sonata, I mean the Bucks. So it was uh it was impressive and it was uh it was cool to see. So you know, it was uh and the Bucks won the match. So uh definitely a kick-ass match. Uh the, the spots like I said were there. The physical storytelling was there. Um, uh, young bucks they were you know, battling through through injury to, to to lock in the win, you know. So showing off how tough they are and stuff, being like the heart they have, it was just it was good. I mean, it was it felt right. I mean, and, and look, young bucks they do a ton of high spots, they do. But yet, I I'm one of those guys from back in the day, uh, a veteran that thinks they do tell the proper story, the physical story in the ring. And as an announcer, calling their stuff. Pfft, to me, it would be a layup. It would be easy because they're so friggin' talented. And most of the card was like that. I mean, so. <laughs> and then my uh, other match I want to say was was your, your main event was Kenny Omega uh, was victorious over um over Cody, uh, Cody Rhodes. And Cody, uh, you know, again, more video, package lead, video packaging leading up to, into this thing here uh, for the IWGP uh, Heavyweight Championship uh, with Kenny Omega, um, you know, and Cody. It was... Um, uh, it was awesome. I, I love the match. I, I, I respect both these guys. They've both been on my show in the past. Um, so if you want to, I don't know if we have those up on iTunes or the Apple Podcast gimmick or, or radio.com. Uh, if not, uh, maybe we'll do those as, post them as other shows in the, in the near future here. But uh, both Kenny Omega separately and Cody Rhodes have been on my show here and had a great time talking with those guys. So I respect both those guys. They're legit. Uh, Kenny Omega just is it's amazing to see a guy like this the cleaner love that gimmick uh how he can just um 
talk about reinventing yourself as i said earlier about the bucks like they he just he's just just something about him man he just you know this match was physical kenny omega brings the physicality as you know cody rose will no doubt will bring the physicality some heavy chops in this this match like real physical really good uh high spots in there uh um um, it, it was uh, a good storytelling with Cody uh, basically working. Uh, I think he was working the, the leg, the quad, or the knee of Omega. Good storytelling, physical storytelling. You know, typical Japanese strong style type match. Um, just really, uh, just heavy duty stuff for this thing. It was great. I loved it. Um, and then, and then at the end, we see you know, see Omega with the victory. And then the shock and awe of the whole thing, post-match stuff they did with uh, uh, Tama Tonga, the Tongas, and, and, and uh, Haku, and, and, and Omega, and, and they were greeted uh, uh, at the top of the ramp and stuff like that. And the, you know, Bullet Club Jones, the whole thing, the elite, uh, the trio attack, I should say, the elite, uh, being uh, the, the Tongans, and just, it was like, what the hell's going on here? You know, and then they ripped off the shirt, the Tongans, and then you see a firing squad T-shirt, which they're still Bullet Club. If you go and check and do your research, they uh, are still Bullet Club, but firing squad is not in the moment they were in <laughs> what they were talking about, what they were doing with that turn, with that attack on Kenny Omega. And then they did a cool little swerve-swerve where Cody came in the ring, and you thought Cody was going to be with them, meaning uh, with... Um, you know, with Haku and and uh, uh, Tamatanga and, and Tangaloa, you thought they were all going to be together, and no, no, Cody wasn't. Cody's with Omega. It was very, very cool, very cool. But then he got you know his ass whooped. So it was a lot of heat generated by um, uh, Bullet Club City here, what what led by you know mean the Tongan. So it was it was very cool, very good show, guys. I highly suggest you watch it if you're not a New Japan fan. Uh, you will be after you watch this. It was excellent. Uh, it was a great watch. It was a lot of fun checking it out. Uh, and I look forward to more of these bigger shows. I mean, definitely. I got to do a better job uh, watching their regular content, their regular stuff, and and following them online. Well, I just, I'm, I'm just swamped. I got a lot going on. And that's not an excuse. It's just honesty. Um, doing a full-time radio show, as you guys know, is is not easy to, you know, to watch all the wrestling that's out there. So um, I know most of you guys are WWE fans, but I, I'm about pro wrestling, and that includes WWE, and that includes Lucha Underground. That includes New Japan. You know, that includes Ring of Honor. Yeah, I, I geez, I don't remember the last time I covered a Ring of Honor or an Impact Wrestling, you know, TNA show. I, I can't say I'm covering them all of them. I'm not telling you I'm going to cover them all. But I'll do my diligence at times not to give you w just WWE. So you get something different from yours truly in my point of view. So that's the deal. But I do appreciate you guys checking this edition uh, of the show for sure. And you guys, uh, as always, are awesome. You know that. And I, without you guys, I got nothing. You guys know that too. Well, I shouldn't say I got nothing. That's a little bit of an exaggeration. I wouldn't have the Taz show without you guys. So I want to just say thank you. I would have something. Just not maybe a cool Taz show. But thanks to you guys, I have you. And you have me. We have each other. All right, guys. Thank you. I appreciate you listening to this episode, guys. All right. Be well. I'll talk to you guys soon. Be another show probably dropping Friday, I would assume. And I'm Taz. You're not. All right, Jarvis. I'm out. I'll see you. In the day
days of my space and screen names back then when I was only worried about my top friends now my circle is getting smaller all these people acting fake man and to be honest I don't even have a top 10 me against the world I've been doing what I really love haters been hiding behind the screen man they movie cuts and when I'm back at home it never feels the same cause we've been doing our own thing trying to stay up I wanna go back to days with no